It's Friday, which means it's the music podcast with Dave and Neil. Hi, I'm Neil. Boop, boop, boop. It's Dave here. If you're listening, not on a Friday. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the disappointment. We do this every week. <laughs> One of us always like, oh, we're here live. We're not live. We're not live. Well, this we is are. a podcast. Yeah. You could be listening to this in 100 years from now. Well, you're... In which case, happy... Get better podcast habits. <laughs> uh, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. Uh, hope you've had a, a great week. Uh, mm. And for those who were coming back from Splendor, hope you had a great week too because we didn't. We weren't at Splendor. Yep. It was devastating. Uh, which, I don't know, it feels kind of like bullshit because, <laughs> Neil, like I feel like everyone in the industry was at Splendor. Yeah. Um, my Instagram was filled with people covered with glitter yeah. and like very... Um, stylish clothing that I wouldn't know where to shop for. Yeah. Um, and they were having a great time. Mm. A lot of dancing. What did you do in your week then? <sighs> Worked, mate. Yeah. Like a sucker. Yeah. Hey? Yeah, I agree. No Same good. Thing. Wasn't no fun, good. but hey, we'll make up for it today because um, we have a very cool show planned. Uh, very shortly, we're going to be speaking to Chris Cheney, singer of Living End uh, from LA Direct. Mm. So that'll be fancy. Yep. We Hope- are now officially international. Yeah. International. David Neal Worldwide. Chris emailed and was like, boys, want to come on the show? Uh, love it. I will. I don't know what time. What time is it in LA? I have no idea. <laughs> what they're, time they're, is it? They're 15 hours it's behind. It's like 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. He's calling us. <laughs> he's a big listener. Yeah, uh, first really time wanted to be on so, the show. So uh, very cool uh, to talk to him very shortly. Um, but Dave, I want to kick off the show. You actually said this morning, um, we were talking about SoundCloud. Um, and if you want to cross SoundCloud at the moment, in terms of what's going on, uh, the streaming company is in is in trouble. It's no good. <laughs> yeah, it's no good at the moment because um, that's where we host the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so this directly affects us. Uh, um, but SoundCloud, they're not in a good place right yeah, now. Yeah. So um, this week it was uh, reported that the Australian office uh, is closing at the end of the week. Uh, again, if you're listening, I don't know when you're listening. To this is recorded on a Friday. Apparently, they're going to be closing today. Um, and this is on the back of the company cutting forty percent of its staff early this week mm. um, in a bid to. To save money, you know, it's reported that they're they're good until quarter four. Beyond that, who knows? Sure. Yeah. And and this is kind of you know particularly devastating because it SoundCloud has kind of filled this kind of space um, uh, for emerging artists to host their music mm. before they get to a point in their career where they can be streaming on the on the slightly, you know, uh, bigger platforms. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a been a, a great source of like, uh, not only like people finding new and experimental music, but for people to share their stuff. Mm. And so this is, it's definitely going to, f- uh, leave a void. I think if they do get to a point where, you know, they, they have to actually shut their doors completely yeah. and bring the site down. I mean, you can check all, uh, all the reports on the music.com.au, but you know, it was, it's kind of, it's been a shit 2017 for SoundCloud. You know, I was reported back in February that, um, there were, there's rumors that not going to even make out the year because they reported a net loss of 50 million. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then they've cut the staff. Now the, the Australian office is closing, um, you know, there is a very real chance, at least from what it seems like, that they may not say out the year. Yeah. And and this is un- unfortunately not uh, something that's kind of unique to, I mean, in terms of music startups, it's not particularly unique to SoundCloud. I mean, mm. you were just saying as we were chatting about SoundCloud this morning that it looks like Pandora is also, uh, this is obviously Pandora uh, sort of online radio. Yeah. Um, they're beginning to have to yeah, I mean, as well. They are officially closing business in Australia and New Zealand uh, 31st of July, which is Monday. Yeah. Um, 
and it was interesting. Again, you can check this out on lemusic.com.au. But not only the people who stream it on their phones or whatever kind of screwed out here, but a lot of Australian car drivers, over a million car drivers in Australia actually because brands like Toyota and Mazda have the Pandora integrated into the car. So mm. come Monday, that feature is just invalid. So it, does it not work anymore? Useless. So the idea is that like so all of these cars <clears throat> that had Pandora built into into the yeah. actual like entertainment system in the car yeah. – that that button doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it's essentially it's like, you know, to like the for, American Pandora for the very fancy and expensive cars that have TV. It'd be like if Channel Nine just shut and you can't access Channel Nine anymore. That's what it's going to be like. Sure. Um, again, you can check out the story online, but um, you know the, they're talking about replacements. But at this point, there's nothing they can do. There's there's no plans because I think because the announcement was so sudden. You know, they announced it earlier this month that um, operations are closing. The mm. staff. We're out, you know, they were told on a Monday they're out of the office by Friday. Yeah. Um, so it is pretty fucked up how fast it's it's moved along. Well, it's kind of this interesting idea that, um, you know, you kind of hear spoken about more and more <clears throat> recently, which is that there's almost this second internet bubble that's about to pop uh, where, you know, even big companies like Spotify, which like I've just assumed is like too big to fail, mm. um, or like Uber, for example, uh, you know, these apparently... Uh, are companies which are basically surviving off just constantly getting new investors mm. and haven't quite figured out how to make revenue yeah. yet, um, at least not enough revenue that they're, you know, self-sustaining and, and making profit without having to constantly look for new money. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's August or just about to be August. So, I mean, there's mm. four months for, for SoundCloud to do something. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of just – it just seems like it's just getting – more and more to the point and quickly that things are going to close shop. Yeah. Allegedly. And, and I mean, <laughs> and the reason we sort of, I mean, obviously this is interesting, interesting news, but uh, something that sort of happened over the last couple of months is that I know that people have been going through SoundCloud and backing up um, all of their favorite music. Mm. Uh, there've been articles kind of going out sort of in, instructing people to do this, that if there is music that you've listened to on SoundCloud, that there are artists that you're listening to on SoundCloud that, um, you can't get anywhere else. Mm. Now's the time to start going through. And, you know, if the artist has got it available for download, backing it up on your, on your computer, because it may come to a point, you know, in the, in the coming sort of months, if not, uh, year or so where there is no longer a SoundCloud for you to find that music on. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really easy way for, for artists who may not have their music anywhere else yeah. um, to, to lose stuff forever. Yeah. So um, just having a little... little. It's a bummer. Yeah, a little bummer. Is what it is. Um, I guess we can move on to something more positive. Uh, talking about live gigs this week, you, we talked about, you know, we missed out on Splendor, but you, hey, you got to see one of the headliners. You saw LCD Sound System earlier this did, week. I did, man. How were they? They were, they were cool. They yeah. were cool. So uh, LCD Sound System played uh, the Horton here in Sydney. Mm. Um, and I think after that, they went down and played a show in Melbourne as well. Yeah. Uh, and they were, they were killer. Like, yep. um, <clears throat> if you're not a fan of LCD Sound System... Uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, check them out. They're great. <laughs> um, but look, they, they do a really, really good set. Yeah. Um, they sound amazing. They've got a bunch of bangers uh, and they they go hard. They do... Something which I found interesting is that they they do, like, kind of do these awkward breaks, mm. like, midway through the show. 
So like the halfway through, what, the, like be right back, just getting a cup of tea. Like literally, like there's really? one point. So all right, so at one point they sort of walk off stage and they kind of there's like sort of five minutes where everyone's sort of standing around. <laughs> You're like, is, is this the it? end of the show? Should we chant encore? And then they come back on, come back on stage, and then they play like the second half of the set. Yeah, um, right. which is which is fine. And then like towards the end of of the show, uh, the lead singer gets up um, and he says, "Hey guys, uh, I'm gonna play one more song." And then I need to go pee. Uh, and then I'm going to come back and play another two songs. And then we'll see how we go. And then maybe there'll be an encore. I don't know. We'll see. Like he said, like a bit awkwardly. Everyone's like, was it like a, is was it an encore? Just, was he having a laugh or was it? Well, he was being funny. <coughs> but then he, so he played the song. Played uh, played uh, New York I Love You, but Bring yep. Me Down. Great, great song. Great song. Um, goes off, takes his pee. Everyone on, like the rest of the band kind of just awkwardly hung out. Sort of, some of them sort of wandered off stage. Some of them sort of hung out on stage. Could he not taken like the microphone with him just to like narrate what he's doing? Just going into the bathroom. Now? <laughs> so he goes to the bathroom. Just undoing my flight. And then he comes back back on and plays their two biggest songs, yeah. like "Dance Yourself Clean" and "All My Friends." Huge ending. And then they're like, "Yeah, cool. Thank you, Sydney. Goodbye." <laughs> and then they walk out. And I was like, "Okay, cool. So that was the end of the show. Now we're just going to hang around for the encore." Mm. And then the lights came on, and everyone was like, "Oh, so wait. So was that the encore? Was the pee break?" So the end of the show, and then you pee breaked, and then you came back into the encore. But we thought it was the end of the show. It was just, it, it was the, their breaks were not well managed. As a, as a director, I imagine you were very frustrated. I was so need frustrated. someone back there just segmenting I was so this. Frustrated <laughs> because, like, also, like you know, if I, like I, you know, sometimes you go to a gig and you just want to go in there and just like curate the set list for your own personal selfish needs. Yeah. Uh, and I, like there are some, there are some songs that I would have loved to have heard that didn't quite happen. Yeah. Uh, and then there were some songs that, uh, that I could have, you know, <laughs> some B sides that I could have done without. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, you kind of go to the end of the show. And I'm like, Oh cool. Maybe that that's going to be an encore yeah. encore song. Cause obviously it's a pretty big song. Yeah. are going to play this song. Doesn't happen. Yeah. So look, they sound great. Um, great performers. Awesome. Awesome set. But they need to curate their curate their set list a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, also let us know about breaks. Also, <laughs> uh, something I realized about myself. I love gigging. Yeah. Neil, I, you love gigging as You're well. You're a total gigger. We love gigs. We love going to the gigs. As a kid's call. Love it. listening to the music. Yeah. Love enjoying the bands. Um, you know what I don't love about gigs? Yeah. Other people. Yeah. People are the worst. People are taller than I am, <laughs> which uh, I spend... I spend I spent like, yeah, this is for you, Owen. Owen yeah, I don't uh, have that problem. <laughs> yeah. So Owen, our, our sound engineer, is uh, eight feet tall. Um, so it, this is fine for him. Short but, people keep jabbering me in the back. Oh, it's the worst, Stand man. at the back then, tall people. Uh, yeah, seriously, all the tall people to the don't back. Don't stand Everyone's behind me concert, after I've been sir. standing in the one spot for two hours. Because I, yeah, I will wait for the, for the music to start. And I will just spend that like maybe 30, 40 minutes just staring at the back of everyone taller than me and just hating them. Yeah. <laughs> just hating them. Just sort of imagining like different ways I could get away with decapitation. <laughs> like I just get really, really mad about it. Uh, so I had that to deal with. Uh, you know what I fucking hate is when like if you've, you've like say you move towards the front or a certain area of the place and you yeah. feel like this is your territory, you've earned this spot, you're here. Yeah. And then some jerk like within the first or second song will just like, squirm his way in like push ahead of you or like try and just butt into where you were like no 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 yeah. no no. and if you're gonna try and do that acknowledge me like sorry mate just trying to find my friend lie to me i don't care oh man the but- lies kill me really like i'm like if you're gonna push to the front you push into the front like i had i had this one guy pushing to the front with all of his friends and he was like sorry guys i really need to get to the front my friend has diabetes and we need to get to the front i was like if your friend has diabetes 
There is a medical the tent. Back. Go to the medical yeah. tent. What are you pushing to the front for? Like, this is just like... What the fucking LCD sound system? Like, they, they have what you need. Like, they really the need to get to the they front, get, okay? It's a known we, fact like, that like, LCD sound systems give out Kit Kats. They don't. At the front, so... I know, that's a lie. That's a lie. I also had um, had a beautiful couple behind me um, who were on ketamine. And um, <laughs> I know they, they were on ketamine. I know that... And the, the way I know they're on ketamine is because they one of them kept on yelling, I love ketamine! <laughs> Before turning to his girlfriend and going, man, I wish we had more ketamine. <laughs> so I what? think they were on ketamine. Um, that were was... you offered ketamine? No, I wasn't. No, they wouldn't offer me any ketamine. <laughs> they were, they were, they were in low supply. <laughs> they needed more. They were running out of ketamine. You know, I, the worst thing I have is like I think I was at like a. a a rock show a couple of years ago and like there was a, a large guy who like had a giant plastered arm yeah who was moshing like crazy like hey i don't have a giant brick attached to my arm guys just never mind me yeah dick dick move there was there was a girl next to me that when she got really excited um went for the like very aggressive air punches <laughs> like was just like yes punch punch yeah. punch 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 like she just got really really into it um which was fine like you know you do you like party where you want to party yeah just be wary when you're air punching enthusiastically that those are real punches. And when your air punches become horizontal air punches. Those, yeah. <laughs> if those punches collide, yeah. you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. So, look, all around, great show, but people are the worst. And ketamine is a dangerous drug. Ketamine's we a dangerous drug. We don't that on the music podcast. Also, I'm not sure if the ketamine meant that they couldn't sing in tune, <laughs> but they made that choice. Uh, <laughs> very loudly, uh, often singing lines of the song, Sometimes verses before that line was coming up. Uh, very <laughs> enthusiastic. Did they just replace words with ketamine? <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. But uh, that, that would have required a, a poetic improvisation that they weren't quite capable of, I think, at that point in the evening. Well, something that you and I went to earlier this week that uh, I guess was not filled with air punches and ketamine was we saw the uh, very special screen of The Big Sick. Yeah. Um, this is obviously the new movie coming out uh, August 3rd. Uh, it stars uh, Kamal Nanjini, who you would know from Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really fucking good. Yeah, so so this is, um, people are kind of calling it uh, the master of none, the movie, yeah. uh, which is maybe a little bit racist because the only thing it has in common is the fact that it's a brown guy in the lead. Uh, but it's, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a comedy about a, about a, a, a Pakistani Muslim. Uh, it's actually a true story. It's based on um, uh, Kamal Nanjiani's um, life. Yeah. He and his wife's sort of... Who wrote the movie with him, yeah. Who co-wrote the movie with yeah. him, their, their sort of origin story. Um, and it's it's... it's very, very, very funny. Yeah. Um, very, very, very sweet. Uh, Judd Apatow has kind of got behind the film in a big way. So you, you know I'm sick for Judd Apatow. You, not so much. I mean, I'm okay with Judd Apatow. I think he does he does the thing that he does really, really well. Um, and he's obviously, like, one of the most successful comedy producers in Hollywood. Mm. I'm just like, you know, I, I think I think that there is a certain style that is, like, the Judd Apatow style. And I think yeah. sometimes it works really, really, really well and yeah. sometimes not so much. But um, But this was, you know... It's a it's a classic American <laughs> indie comedy. There's there's not a yeah. whole lot of new ideas here, yeah. uh, but it's really really well done. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious. There's one joke we're not going to ruin for you mm. guys, but there's one joke that Neil and I have been laughing at consistently. I can't for remember the last time I laughed four days. that much in a cinema. Like I felt like that big annoying. You know when you're in a cinema and like you've just got some joke going, oh, yeah. oh, don't do it, no, <laughs> no, and like they like there that I hate yeah. that shit. But I felt 
that I was doing that at this particular moment. Like, it's very rare that, like, I'll giggle in a comedy, but it's very rare that, like, I'll get to that, like... Because, like, when you watch stand-up comedy sometimes, like, you'll literally get to the point where you're, like, knee-slappingly... Yeah. Like, gasping for air laughing. And, like, this was one of the first movies in a very long time that, like, got me to that point mm. where I was literally knee-slappy laughing. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously Kamal's known for comedy, so there there is a, a lot of dramatic moments in it, which yeah. you know, I think you weren't... <laughs> Look, I mean, the guy's a great comedian. I'm not sure if he quite pulled off the uh, yeah. <clears throat> the dramatic parts. But, as you well know, as, there's uh, uh, Holly Hunter and Ray Romano are both in it, and they're both really Amazing. Good. Holly Hunter is phenomenal in this Because, yeah. And yeah. here's something controversial. Hate Everybody Loves Raymond. Well, not Dislike anymore. the show. Now, so, like, you know, I've always, like, I've always, like, appreciated Ray Romano, but, like, in this movie, like, he was really, like, when I watched the trailer, I thought, oh, he's just gonna be, like, this dopey dad, and he's gonna make a lot of dad jokes, like, oh, just, I can't even think of a joke. Yeah. That's how unfunny I thought he was. But, like, he's funny, he's sweet, it's just that, yeah, he did a really, really good job, and Holly Hunter, as you said, unbelievably mm. good. So, like... The big sick, uh, out August three. Very very funny. Mm. Um, definitely worth a check out. Uh, support indie film guys. Mm. Do it. Yeah. But speaking of the opposite of indie films, <laughs> big films. Um, I also saw Dunkirk. Yeah. Uh, last week, saw it in uh, seventy millimeter. Uh, film, which is very exciting. So everyone is calling this, and we did at themusic.com. dot You check that yeah. article out. Everyone's dubbing this as Nolan's best film yet. Sure. Do you yeah. agree with that? Um, it's not my it's not my favorite Nolan film, but I think it's like objectively, yeah, probably is like his best film. What do you think is his best film? I mean, like my fa- I, I I have like my favorites. Like I I love I can't, I love the Dark Knight. Like I Obviously love Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, I Everyone love loves Dark Knight. I think Inception's a lot of fun. Yeah, even though it's a bit dumb, but in a fun <laughs> way. Um, I love the Prestige. Yeah, no, I, I love the, the Prestige. prestige yeah, it's like, I, I love a lot of. <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite Chris Nolan movie. Um, but it's like I think objectively, like it's his. Like his best yeah. film, just in terms of like the craft of it, but um, it's like really good. Mm. It's really good. There are some things that will confuse you if you were Dave. Um, if you're me, I was very confused by some bits and pieces. I'm um, sure there's a Dave listening going, "I am also Dave." Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So like, for, first off, all the characters look the same. Yep. Uh, they all look exactly the same. Racist. They're all like identical. Like. People wearing identical <laughs> clothes, doing identical things. Yeah. They're all identical. That's that's hard. <laughs> uh, second of all, don't understand what they're saying half the time. I mean, Owen, so you saw the film as well. Yeah, I did. And and you disagree with me about this because I, I think that with Chris Nolan's films, he has a thing where he like the the dialogue is always like mixed weirdly in, in the in the overall sound mix that I can never understand what anyone's saying. Like, the classic example being, like, Bane in, like, The Dark Knight Rises. Everyone was like, what the fuck is Bane saying? I feel like the whole movie was like that. But you disagree. Well, no, I, I agree that uh, this the, the voices in his movies are mixed lower than other movies. Mm. But I quite like that. Sure. Like, I really like the fact that a lot of the movies are paced around the music and the sound effects and, you know, like, I'm a sound guy. Like, yeah. what are you going to do, right? Yeah. Like, and I love the fact that everything, because... Christopher Nolan does a lot of like everything he does revolves around time and you mm. know the shifting of time and all that and so to have the music be the meter for that I think is awesome yeah and I think a lot of people don't take advantage of that in movies and he's really and I think that's one of the reasons why he's like one of my favorite mm. dudes and the school like the school is incredible like we were talking about this mm. uh when we were sort of hanging out before the show like he's based the rhythm of the film off the the I guess the beat of uh, of an old 
sort of uh, wristwatch. That, yeah, that it's the ticking of his personal wristwatch. Yeah, yeah. And so the whole film, there's kind of this rhythm of like this, this tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Um, and that's like a really, really cool uh, sort of thing that happens throughout the whole film. Yeah. But, I thought it was amazing that like there's this little device that he just carries around with him. That and he apparently he'd been researching Dunkirk for like ten years or something, mm. and then one day he's like just sitting there with his watch, listening to it, going, "Actually, that's that's the sound." And then they recorded that in, and the ticking sound you hear in the movie is his personal wristwatch, yeah, just playing as the beat for the for the film. It's yeah. incredible, yeah. So look, it, it, it's <clears throat> definitely a cool film. I, I think that um, you know, agree to disagree about the dialogue, <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's it's definitely solid. I think you, if you guys can see it in, on an IMAX screen, whether it's like projected film projection or digital or whatever, mm. like seeing it on the biggest screen possible in 70 millimeter is highly recommended. It's pretty boring. It just looks cool. Like yeah. he's just, uh, the way, the way it's kind of been shot, like with these big kind of like vistas, um, you know, there on the beach at Dunkirk. It's just, it's a much bigger, it's one of those movies that make you go like, I, this is a movie I need to see yeah. on the big screen in the cinema because Watching it in your living room, watching it on your phone is just not going to be the same experience. Half the movie is about isolation, and if in if you see it at the at the cinema, you can see they're in the middle of an ocean or yeah. they're in the middle of a giant beach. Like if you're on a small screen, you're not going to get that perspective. I don't think. Yeah, totally, totally. So, uh, what do you give it out of out of five, Owen? Out of five, I give it four and a half. Ooh, that's a nine out of ten, mate. It is. <laughs> that's bold. Yeah, that's bold. It's, it's good. I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a three and a half. So I'm going to go four. That's pretty good. Just pump, pretty good. Pump, Actually, no, pump I'm going to give it a four. And you'll be good. Go four I'll give five. it a three and a half then. Yeah, okay. I haven't seen it, but <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to be you part of You just wanted to play the game. Yeah, thank you. Well, you want to be part of this podcast now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> go see Welcome Dunker. to the David Owen podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Lock it in. Well, we're joined on the line now by Chris Cheney, uh, direct from LA. Chris, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Hello. Thank you. Good to be here. It's, it's very exciting for me personally to have you on, Chris, because, uh, look, I'm going to start with a little bit of a confession, mate. Uh, the Living End were the very first band I ever saw perform live. And, uh, look, this is about uh, 15 years uh, late, but uh, you guys killed it. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, it's all downhill from there, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, Chris, obviously uh, you're, you're coming on to talk about uh, this fucking awesome tour, the Easy Fever Tour. It's going to be uh, yourself, Phil Jamison, Cram, Tex Perkins and Tim Rogers uh, going around the country this December, yep. uh, to, to, I guess, to, as a tribute to the Easy Beats. Um, how did this come about? I mean, we're calling this yep. the best Aussie supergroup ever. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, well, these things kind of, you know, um, come about every once in a while. I've done a, a couple of things like this before. Um, and, and I really like it because it's it just I've never really done that much outside of the living end it's like you know everyone knows the story we kind of formed that band when we were like eight years old mm. <laughs> we kind of haven't really done anything much else since then so but the few things I have done were um, I did the Beatles White Album concert thing which was with Tim Rogers and Phil Jamison and I've done uh, I played in the right which was formed by Nick Sester back in 2004, and we did the um, Evie, Stevie Wright tribute song. So it's kind of, you know, I see this as just one of those things. It's kind of the same old gang again, and we've all known each other forever, and um, we all have a mutual kind of love of the Easy Beats and all the incredible songs that they wrote. So um, I jumped at it immediately, because I just know what I'm in for. 
probably a, a dozen hangovers and um, <laughs> God knows what else. I mean, yeah, great music, of course. Each each person that's going to be involved in this is, um, you know, a rock royalty in their own right. Is it something that one of you guys brings up, or is it brought to the table from from an external party? Yeah, it was it was brought to us um, as an idea from um, the the promoter, which is Empire Touring. And um, I just know, you know, from from hanging out with the other guys, especially people like Tim um, and Tex, just what huge fans they are of Easy Beats, and so I know that they would have just. Um, it's it's not a it's not a big stretch to do something like this. I feel like it's kind of we all know the songs so well, and and we all kind of have a, a connection. I think to the Easy Beats and you know um, to Vander and Young and and even ACDC to a certain extent. It, it kind of keeps going back. It's an amazing legacy that, that those guys built. Um, so um, you know, any chance to, to play those tunes, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and you know. You worked recently, or I wouldn't say with, but you worked alongside Phil uh, in the Australian Green Day production. Is it weird that it, it's taken this long to get these these awesome group of musicians together for a big tour like this? No, I mean everyone's kind of busy doing their own things as well. I don't, I don't. It's not the kind of thing that I think you want to do a lot of because it. I think it waters it down. It sort of cheapens it to do these sorts of things all the time and as I said I've only done I did the Beatles White Album thing and then there was the the rights um, um, but I think you know it's like everyone's kind of pretty focused on their own on their own careers and then Phil's just done the Grinspoon tour as well which was a huge success And mm-hmm. um, but we, we do love hanging out together we all get along really well which is which is nice as well it's not like I think that's part of the appeal is that when I found out who else was doing it, I was kind of, you know, in because um, you do spend a lot of time together and there has to be, it has to kind of gel and there has to be a connection. Even though we're performing someone else's music, I think it's about, particularly with what I found with the White Album concerts, which is why that was such a huge success, is that the four of us, um, there was a real chemistry there. So, um, you know, hopefully it'll be the same. Yeah, I mean, as well as the Easy Beats tour, um, you know, it's kind of their year as far as tributes go because a biopic's coming out later this year. Um, I think it's almost wrapped up filming now. Yeah, ABC miniseries uh, about the Easy Beats uh, we're expecting to be watching on our screens sort of later on in the year. Uh, the Easy Beats are uh, blowing up again. <laughs> um, uh, what, almost 50 years yeah, after I didn't they... know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's kind of feels like the year of the Easy Beats. Um, what what do you think it is about about these guys that's that's made them kind of this Australian uh, icon that sort of uh, not lingered is the right word, but um, but have managed to stay relevant. Well, I think it's a number of factors. I think first and foremost, it's the amount of um, amazing songs that they wrote and that that initial spark, that initial burst when the Easy Beats hit. I mean, it was. You've seen that, everyone's seen that old black and white footage. They were, it was like the Beatles, you know. It was just insane how popular that band was. And then, of course, you had the second part of that story, which was, um, you know, Stevie Wright going off on his own and releasing his own solo records produced by George and Harry, which is the other part of the story, that they went on to become these super producers and, and writers that wrote so many hits and so diverse things like, you know, Lovers in the Air and um, stuff like that. 
that, which was completely different to, to you know, TNT and Dirty Deeds and the stuff that they were producing for ACDC. So there's just a monumental amount of talent there, I think. And, and I guess that they were the first, except for Johnny O'Keefe, perhaps, I think that they were the first Australian band that, you know, teenagers really felt were their own. And they weren't just, you know, it wasn't just another band from overseas, which I think had been primarily the case up until the sort of early 60s. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, everyone is obviously looking forward to the tour. It's coming this December. We mentioned earlier in the interview, um, you know, you did the, the Green Day musical. Um, how are you, Theatre Chops? Uh, can we expect you back on the stage anytime soon? Look, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, right? <laughs> <laughs> my Theatre Chops are pretty good, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, it was... It was it was unreal. I, I loved it. I, I only did the first week mm. and I was kind of bummed at the end of it because I just, um, I was really nervous going into it and I didn't really know why I had committed to it. But then once <laughs> the show started, it was it was amazing. Mm. It was such a rush and, and, some, and so different. And then I had to just go on, you know, after that it was kind of a downer because I just had to go on tour with The Living End, which is kind of back to the day job again. So... The damn um, band, I huh? Would, I would jump at the opportunity to do it again. It was really a very well done show, and the cast were just incredible. Well, Chris, mate, congratulations! Uh, we're all, I think, very, very excited for the Easy Easy Fever tour. Uh, you guys are going to be playing a slew of dates in December. We're at the Enmore in Sydney. We're at the Eaton Hills Hotel in Brisbane, the Forum in Melbourne, and Anita's Theatre in Interall. Uh, we'll be seeing you in Australia very, very soon, my friend. Yes, you will. Can with we? Bells uh, on. Look forward to it. Uh, can we see you also back in the country soon with the Living End? Well, I mean, we got plans there. Yeah, we're doing some shows with Midnight Oil in um, September back there, um, and then I'm playing with Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. I'm just playing guitar for them on some shows, and yeah, we're, do- we're doing a bunch of bunch of things. That's awesome, man. We're we're looking forward to have you back in town uh, again. Enjoy the summer while you can, because we'll see you here very shortly. Yep, awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. So that was Chris Cheney. Uh, as Dave mentioned, it is called the Easy Fever Tour. Uh, they're coming out in December. Check all the dates on the gig guide. Uh, big thanks to Chris for, for taking the time in LA. Very nice guy. Seemed lovely. Yeah. Looking forward to watching him play the music. Mm. Uh, before we go, though, we do want to quickly wrap up the RA charts because it's, it's very uh, exciting news. Ed Sheeran, after 14, 15 weeks on top of the charts... Uh, is a genuine chance of of losing that spot uh, to Lincoln Park. Mm. Uh, obviously, last week's awful news that uh, frontman Chester Bennington has passed away. Um, fans have just rallied behind these guys. Um, their debut album, Hyper Theory, uh, and their most recent album, One More Light, uh, are expected to to basically soar back into the top three and cool. uh, potentially dislodge Ed Sheeran. Like a bunch of their albums uh, are going back into the top twenty. Mm. Um, their song Numb is going to go into the top three of the singles charts. Like that's a chance. Yeah, that was released wow. in two thousand three. That's a chance to 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 beat the Despacito song, which I think is gunning for 10 weeks on top of the chart. Sure. Um, you know, such awful news, but so awesome to see. Um, fans get behind know, yeah, it. Yeah, fans get behind it. I mean, like, we, as uh, I hate referring to myself, but like as a millennial, you know, we always hear about these, these rock legends like Chris Cornell passed away, Prince passed away, Bowie passed away. But I don't think our specific generation... You know, I don't know about you, but you know, I grew up on on Lincoln Park. Mm. Um, so I know like, hybrid the, theory, man. Yeah, like you you 
you know, you don't even know Ed Sheeran's songs, and you just said Hybrid Theory. Like, yeah, I mean, Linkin Park. You know, I, I guess that was mm. huge when we were we were sort of growing up. Yeah, um, and so it was pretty devastating news to hear that that it passed, um, and particularly that that it had been, you know, uh, as a result of of, of a suicide. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, but it's it is, you know, I guess testimony, 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 testament. A testament, even words are hard. <laughs> um, a testament to to the the power of, of that music and kind mm. of the the impact that they had. That even now, you yeah. know, uh, almost twenty years. Because yeah, like you know, when we I just mentioned Chris Cornell, like uh, following that awful news, a lot of um, Soundgarden and Audio Slave albums kind of definitely climbed up into the charts, but they weren't really a contender to like Ed Sheeran. I think he he's fifteen weeks on top. I think he got beaten once by Harry Styles and then took it back and then got beaten by Lord, then he took it back. Um, if Linkin Park's fucking debut album, which was released in 2000, mm. can beat Ed Sheeran, like, that's that's awesome. Which also, uh, I remember someone was saying recently that apparently their debut album was um, was the highest grossing debut album mm. of all time. Yeah. Um, even even before this happens. So. Yeah, well, the other one that's a chance to, to get number one is One More Light, which was released, I think, late May. And I think at that... Sure. Debuted at number three, so you know mm. that's it's 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 such awful and sad news. But yeah, it's kind of yeah heartening to to see that it it can boost up. Totally. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for for tuning in this week for yeah. the music podcast for Dave and Neil. Uh, we had some fun. <laughs> Hope you had some fun as well. Uh, and um, well, we'll see you next week, I guess, Neil. Yeah. Thank you to Chris Cheney. Thank you, Owen. Thank you for your time. No worries. And thank you, uh, Studios 301. We love you. And we'll see you all next week on the Music Podcast with David Neal. See you then. Bye-bye.